Thanks for joining us today for another episode of the NateHoldridge.com podcast. Today, we're looking at a very familiar prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and uh, just taking a look at this prayer to see what Jesus was up to when he was sharing this method of prayer to his disciples. Why was he addressing some of the key concepts that he did address? Why did he say certain things? Why did he instruct his disciples to pray the way he did? And so today, Pastor Nate and I are going to be looking at this and talking about how we, as Jesus followers today, can incorporate these practices into our daily prayer life with God. So we hope this is helpful for you as you're considering how to pray and developing that prayer life between you and God. So let's get right into it. Okay, so Nate, we've talked in the past about prayer on this podcast. Sure. But uh, we've never really talked about uh, like what your prayer time really looks like, like what, what mm-hmm. you're actually praying for. Sure. And I was kind of curious to start off this episode, if you feel okay sharing a little bit, what do you kind of keep on your prayer list just kind of day to day, week to week? I don't know if you go like month to month or year to year. Yeah. What, what are some of the things that you're just praying through like on a regular basis during your quiet time? Sure. Yeah, I've had kind of a, a lot of different seasons of what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the most organized and the most official I was I ever was with having a prayer list was back when I was a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Because during that time, you know, I felt like I really could know the names of every single person that, right. I, that I was taking care of spiritually because it was a youth group that was, you know, 70 or 80 kids. And so I had a very organized list of just these kids and all the leaders and kind of praying for them on consecutive days and things like that. Um, Now it tends to be uh, a little bit more of categories Mm. that I want to pray through, you know, so uh, family uh, category, and that would be like my immediate family. So Christina and the girls, you know, so people I want to lift up. Mm. Then there would be like a personal category you know so in personal category it would be like my own character development uh, different goals and Mm -hmm. desires and dreams that I have that are a little bit more individual to me Uh, then there would be like a um, Calvary Monterey category you know the church that I'm called to lead you know so I would be Mm -hmm. and in that there may be some key uh, people or just even needs that I know about in the church mm-hmm. that I want to be praying for. But a lot of times in that category, it's a little bit more of um, the big picture kind of stuff that we are working towards that we want right, to see happen. Right. So, you know, like we're getting ready to go in the life group season right now. So I would be praying for that would be on my list right now to pray for the development of life group leaders Mm. and hosts and for those to be blessed and protected for people to take them, you know, seriously and really be able to commit to them and for beautiful things to happen and for God to like bring the right people into the right groups. So, you know, kind of a large scale Calvary Monterey, um, you know, uh, prayer category. And then that usually breaks down into like some smaller categories, mm. you know, so leadership within our church, there's a, you know, probably a list of 20 or 30 people that are kind of, whether they're staff or non-staff, just mm. key strategic leaders within the church that I'm, you know, praying for. And, you know, that'll kind of vary depending on the season that we're in, you know, right. if like, right. if our youth pastor 
Joshua Shively is entering into this uh, really crazy time of travel or yeah. camps that he's leading or something, I might be mm -hmm. uh, have him a little bit more on the front burner of my mind and my heart as I'm going into prayer yeah. as someone who's in a little bit of a quieter kind of season. Yeah. And then I have some like looser lists. So those ones I've already mentioned, you know, they tend to be at the forefront of my heart all the time. Right. Thinking about those a lot. Yeah. But then there's like pastors and churches and ministries that I'm connected to and that I'm friends with that are mm -hmm. outside of our geography. And so I'd like to pray for them. And then there's just some, uh, random like nations and people groups yeah. that the Lord has put on my heart that I'll just bring to I him from time to time. Yeah. Uh, ac actually, I was just thinking the other day, I, I got it on my list to buy a copy of not Operation World because that book is um, in need of, of updating, but they came out with a version that's kind of a condensed version of Operation World a few years ago. Mm. I think it's called Prayer for the Nations or Prayer Guide for the Nations or something like that. And I need to pick up another copy of that because Operation World has been helpful to me in my prayer life in the past because, I mean, it's right up my alley. It tells you, <laughs> you know, the the state of Christianity in right. every nation on earth, the trends of different huh. religions in those nations, how different denominations are doing inside of those nations kind of gives right. you a snapshot picture of what God is doing in a particular, mm. amongst a particular people group. And I, you know me, I love data. Oh so, yeah. You know, totally. that really, I love that book. Uh, but I heard recently that they had made that prayer guide update. So I, I want to get my hands on one of those, uh, again, Very and cool. kind of, you know, think through that a little bit but you know for me at this point it's like I do have a prayer list that's written out but to be honest with you at this point in my life my prayer list is primarily internal hmm. and it's not something that as I'm praying I'm really looking at um, it's just right. more you know within my heart now I will as I'm having my quiet time and I'm reading the Bible I will usually write down three to five things hmm. that day that I want to pray for that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes it's something that's internal, you know, like, um, wow, I just read about patience and I'm not very patient. <laughs> so I want to pray about like that. Like to grow on that. Yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's just as I'm reading or journaling and I'm feeling, you know, some kind of uh, pressure point or some kind of burden. Yeah. I'll realize, man, I really need to pray, you know, for that mm. person or this obstacle. And so I'll write that down. And usually there's, like I said, three to five things each day that, that I'm like, okay, these are big pillar prayer things huh. today that I want to bring to God. I feel like I've talked to you about that before in the past. Mm -hmm. It's cool to hear that's still kind of like a similar rhythm for you that you think about the people who are close to you. You think about your own personal development, but kind of go beyond that a little bit, pray for the church pray for the um, the countries and the world a bit, the Christians and different parts of the the world. And and I really like how you're sensitive to um, what God may be speaking to you that day to pray about. I think that's something really great for all of us to think about as we're doing our quiet times and reflecting on God's word and listening to his voice. You yeah, know, it's a good secondary kind that. of thing, you know, like, oh, wow, that stood out to me. God is speaking to me about yeah. that. And rather than just saying, I'm going to work on that, 
you know, to yes. say, I will yes. work on it, but I, I also want to commit it to God and, yeah. and pray through it for a little bit. Yeah, it's been, it's been helpful to me. That's cool, man. I wanted to ask you about that just because, I mean, today we're talking about the Lord's Prayer, which mm-hmm. is such a beautiful prayer that Jesus gave to um, his disciples and to us. And uh, in this article, I mean, you kind of break down the whole prayer and kind of give some thoughts about it. But at the beginning of the article, you talk about just the necessity of prayer. And uh, before we get into the Lord's Prayer, I'd love just to ask you about that, just like the necessity of prayer. As a pastor, what like, why do you see prayer being so necessary for a Christian and, and even just for yourself? You know, what, why is that like a real need for us? Yeah, you, you know, it's interesting. I've thought about prayer a lot, obviously, as a Christian and as a, as a pastor. Um, and one of the things that is not lost on me is that for God's people, especially the church over mm-hmm. the last couple thousand years, it's true that the word of God has not always been accessible to people, mm-hmm. uh, whether through a lack of literacy right. or a lack of widespread distribution of the printed or yeah. transcribed word of God. Uh, but prayer has always been available to God's people. Amen. So we're living in, I think we've mentioned that here on this show before, but we're living in a unique time in, in history where information is readily available and you know with a with a few clicks or uh, you know a few presses on our glass <laughs> screen that's in our pocket we could read yeah. 50 different versions of the bible if we yeah. wanted to you know so we are living in a unique time but so we might forget that uh, prayer is a major gift that god has given to us so i think mm. uh, you know there's a lot of reasons why it's necessary or why it's important partly be partly i think the one of the reasons it's important is because victory and progress really won't come without it yeah amen and the church is going to have a hard time advancing in its mission with without prayer so prayerlessness abounds and it's going to be harder for the work of god to move forward he's connected Mm -hmm. himself to prayer yeah but i also think that it's you know it's important and because we're made for it you know we're designed to be in communion with god to be in fellowship with god to have friendship with god to know our father in heaven in that kind of way so Hmm. it's important because if we're not engaging in prayer then there's something amiss in our lives we're not we're not i mean i think in a sense you could say we're not as fully human as we could be if we prayed if we don't pray yeah it's good That's really good. Even you speaking to that, um, it, it just reminds me of what Jesus actually teaches the disciples to pray and how that relationship with God is so accessible. It's, it's even just spoken about in the prayer. Mm-hmm. Like it's made really evident. So um, I would love for us just mm-hmm. to kind of break down this prayer, kind of similar similarly to how you broke it down, and then um, kind of get your thoughts about some of the things you talked about. So hopefully we can get through all of it. Um, <laughs> we'll but, see. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a longer article, but uh, I think we'll be able to get through a good bit of it. So let's just start with the, the top of the prayer. Uh, so Jesus, he gives us this template for prayer, and he begins it with saying, Our Father. Um, and you said in the article, you said, Not only does his template for prayer for us begin with Our Father, but his introductory comments about um, this template of prayer tells us that Our Father is listening. I thought that was such a beautiful way of... Um, 
you know, starting off the prayer and a really, really cool insight into the prayer. But I wanted to ask you, why do you think it's important that, um, that Jesus would bring up this idea of God as Father, especially in the context of prayer? Like, why would we address God as Father rather than uh, maybe King or as sovereign or judge or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there a connection to that saying father at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, the whole Matthew 6 passage that surrounds the Lord's Prayer, and it, it really is a passage that is intentionally surrounding it. I mean, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6 is basically a parenthesis, mm. you know, because Jesus in the whole story or in the whole chapter, the whole teaching, he's introducing a life of righteousness before the father in heaven so when you know he's you know he basically gives three examples of things that when you do them in secret without doing them for public recognition Mm -hmm. or so that people will think of you as spiritual your father in heaven who sees in secret will reward you openly and so he gives the example and says you know one category of this is in the way that you give one category is in the way that you pray, and the third category is the mm. way that you fast. So yeah. when he's in the prayer category, though, he gives us longer teaching about it, and the Lord's Prayer is in there as like this parenthetical statement of, you know, by the way, you're probably wondering how to even do it, <laughs> Yeah. so let me talk to you about that. Right, you know? right. And you're right. It is, you know, it's, it's good that you bring up, you know, why would he talk to us as, why would we talk to him as our father in heaven versus king or sovereign, uh, you know, creator, right, all these different right. elements? Why would we speak to God as father? Uh, you, you're right in saying that that is noteworthy because it, Jesus is kind of introducing that whole concept right here at the end of Matthew 5 and then on into Matthew chapter 6. And for us, we understand that that is a title that is given to God or a relationship that God and man can have together because of the blood of Christ, because of the gospel. Right. So you're asking why is it important to address God in that way? It's not that this is the only way in the Bible that people ever address God the Lord. Yeah. And it's not that it's the only way that Christians ever address Mm. God. You know, there are times in the Bible that you'll see us see believers praying to the sovereign Lord or praying to the creator God or Mm. creating to the King above all Kings. Yeah. Uh, But all of those other titles, if you can cluster them underneath the heading of God as our father in heaven, Mm -hmm. it just puts it into, um, the correct perspective and light for us. You know, he, he is the holy and righteous and magnificent God, but you probably wouldn't really run to him in prayer if you didn't also understand that that same holy, righteous God is your father in heaven by the blood of Jesus. He is the creator of all flesh but that might make you think that he's distant from you. So when you understand the blood has made him your father in heaven, you'll run to him. He yeah, is, you know, the uh, the king above all kings, yeah, dwelling in unapproachable light. But yet he is your father in heaven. So there is mm. this approachableness about him because of the blood of Jesus. So perhaps that's part of the reason why Jesus, you know, highlighted that so much. You know, that, hey, in the middle of all this, you know, giving and praying and fasting, all this stuff that that people will do before uh, God or before man, he's introducing, 
hey, do this before God. You have the opportunity of a secret relationship with mm. your Father in heaven. Your Father who sees will yeah. reward you openly. So, yeah, for me, the way I said it was just this is from you're praying from a warm relationship yeah, with good. God. Mm-hmm. You know, He's your Father. He's your Abba. He's your Daddy. You know, and uh, I think we've mentioned it before. You know, that can be hard for people to understand. Absolutely, because right. the family structure in a lot of ways mm-hmm. is broken. And yeah. even in the best of families, with the best of dads, even Jack on This Is Us is not anywhere close to yeah. our father in yeah. heaven you know right. the the best of human fathers cannot even begin to really mm-hmm. accurately display what our father in heaven is like so we really need the spirit to kind of rewire our brains a little bit you know with the yeah. if there's a father wound that's there inside of us to help us you know understand and god he's he is the father he is mm. the best definition of what that even is and so i'm going to you know, run to him. He cares for me. He loves me. He's patient with me. Yeah. He's fighting for my development, my health, my growth. He's trying to help me stand on my own two feet. He's mm. protecting me, yeah. providing for me. There's just a lot that is supposed to come from a father, and, and God does all of it perfectly. So it really helps free you to come to God when you see him in that way. Yeah. Amen. I love that. And kind of tying into that, the next part of the prayer talks, um, about, well, it says, hallowed be your name, speaks to God, our father and says, hallowed be your name. And you had this, um, really interesting, um, insight into this. And you said in the article, when we are able with honesty to pray for the hollowing of God's name, it shows that we're inwardly healthy before God. I thought we could kind of talk for a moment about obviously this part of the prayer, but um, a little bit about just our health as Christians before God, like to be able to pray that. Um, can you maybe dive into a little bit deeper what you meant by that, by saying that um, from a place of health, like if you say, hallowed be your name, you're addressing God in that kind of way, how that reflects inward health, and maybe what would, what is like the unhealthy way, like what would that look like, and yeah. how do you kind of compare yeah. those two? To me, this is where my prayer life either starts or stops, Hmm. you know, because if I'm coming to the Lord, I think this is part of the reason why sometimes people struggle in prayer, because a lot of times what we want to pray is not for the hallowing or the fame or the honoring of God's name, Mm -hmm. but it's our own, you know, it's our own stuff, our own things, our own dreams, our own successes. And you start praying that way. You start praying for the hallowing of your own name and the Mm. spirit's not helping you. He will not help you with that prayer. And so it can become a real dry uh, experience for Mm. a person to try to pray in that kind of way because the fire isn't there. You know, the spirit isn't aiding you in a prayer for the hallowing of your own name. So in a sense, it's like this is a transaction. This is a time when Mm. I'm coming to my father and I'm announcing to him, that my deepest desire, my main request, my my most significant longing above every other thing is that he would be known and celebrated and loved and seen for what he is, you mm-hmm. know, so that the reason why that's such a huge transaction is because, you know, for instance, later in the prayer, we're going to pray things like give us this day our daily bread. So right. we're going to pray right. for our own you know, personal needs and Mm -hmm. problems and just stuff going on in our lives because God cares about that stuff for us. You know, he's not above it. He's, he, he condescended 
in the incarnation in order to become one of us. So he's willing to talk to us about our small, you know, things that we are very unique to our own lives that we need Mm. to bring to him. He's, he's so down to go there. Yeah. But the reality is when I first begin with this attitude that says, Father, I want your name to be hallowed. I want your name to be appreciated. I want your name to be honored. Then instead of, for instance, if I have this, you know, conflict with another human, Mm. instead of just simply praying, like, all I want is I just want peace here. And that's it. And I want this to be solved. I'm tired of this conflict, you know, being there. Instead of that, I might pray for that peace to come. But I'm also praying, but Father, what I really want is for your name to be uh, hallowed and revered and respected. Yes. So if it means that you're using this pain in my life, this mm. this difficulty in my life to produce character, to pr- produce patience, to shape me in some kind of way, then that's what I want more than right. the thing that I want want. Mm. You know, so. It, it kind of becomes an overriding prayer. You know, God, I'm praying yeah, for your totally. provision in this very totally. specific kind of way. But what I really want is for your name to be hallowed. Mm. I, I want you, you know, to to do your thing yeah. and for you to be respected and, and honored by human beings. So this is, you know, like I said in, in the article, it's... It almost feels like it's not a request, like it's kind of this formality kind of thing. Hallowed right. be your name. Father, right. our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But it's not. It really is re- uh-huh. prayer request number one. Amen. And overarching uh, from all of the others. And really, I think without this first attitude in the heart, it's very difficult to move on in I prayer. You're so right. I, I feel like it's also kind of positional too. You're kind of putting yourself and your needs under God's uh, will and plan for your life. And it's just, it's coming to God with a lot of humility. Yeah. That's what it seems like, which is really beautiful. With that, the next part of the prayer talks about God's kingdom coming, um, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you broke this down into three different kind of categories about God's kingdom coming with the visible the invisible, and in the personal. Could you kind of break those down a little bit and help us understand that? And uh, why is it just important for us to pray for God's kingdom to come? We talked about him as our father, um, addressed him and want his name to be hollowed. But why about, why is kingdom? Sure. Yeah. So the, when I said those three categories, I was thinking, okay, so we want to pray for his kingdom to come visibly. So we're praying for the return of Christ. You know, the future coming of his visible kingdom. But then we're also praying for it to come invisibly, you know, but manifested in visible ways. So, you know, we're praying for people to be saved, for the church to expand Mm. and grow, for the gospel to spread, for missionaries and leaders and, you know, the advance of the spiritual or the invisible kingdom. And then in me personally, you know, that his, that it would be done on earth or in my heart as it is in heaven and you know Mm. how it is in heaven it's what he says goes (laughs) you know what what he wills happens and it's of course beautiful and wonderful Mm -hmm. you know it's all good so yeah i think this prayer the way i put it was we're praying for the increasing reign of god the increasing sovereignty of god the expansion of his 
kingdom and mm. of his um, glory. And, you know, this is a, a really huge part of prayer. I love praying this way. Yeah. You know, you know that we not that long ago had a big prayer meeting with mm. uh, pastors and wives and leaders and uh, key uh, individuals and staff members uh, in the church where we were just praying for this specific exactly. thing, you know, yeah. the increase, the increasing reign of God, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we are lifting up the different schools in our area and praying yeah. for God to break in, you know, to those schools. We were praying for the individual hearts of believers as they came mm-hmm. onto our church campus on Sundays or at other times, right. you know, that God's kingdom would spread in their hearts. We were praying for us to have an increased faith and belief and confidence in what God can do. So, you know, I think what we're asking for, what we're thinking about there is we're thinking about, you know, really in a sense here and now we're, we're thinking about the church, the body of Christ expanding and growing, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and I think that for a lot of believers, this is a category of prayer that we should take note that it comes near the front end of this, Mm -hmm. this prayer list from the Lord or this, this pattern prayer for the disciples from Jesus because you don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss engaging in prayer for God's kingdom. This is not just a work for pastors or for church leaders. This is a work that any believer can engage in. You know, you show me a church bulletin and I'll show you a prayer list for God's kingdom. I'll show you a way that you can pray. You show me a staff list or a pastor list in a local church on a local church website, and I'll show you a way that you can pray for the expansion of God's kingdom. You right. show me a map and I'll show you a way that you can pray for God's kingdom. All of these are, are ways in which or things that we mm. can be, you know, particularly specifically lifting up uh, to God. If, I mean, I guarantee you, if a, if a believer, if a group of believers that are getting ready to come to church on a Sunday, if they all prayed, for the word to be powerful, for the word to yeah. to to do its mighty work Come in on. people's hearts. If they all prayed for the saving of souls, I guarantee you that you would see more of that happening. Yeah. You'd see yeah. the, you'd see you know the word would become more dynamic and powerful right. in your own life and in the lives of others, and more and more people would come to know Jesus Christ. So, you know, really just thinking about the the you know I'm highlighting the the here and now kingdom, you know, but really praying that through, I think is really important. You you read the newspaper and you're, you know, your local community, you've probably never read a newspaper in your life. Have you? (laughs) I've been to a local newspaper's website. There you go. Or Twitter page. There you go. So you go there, you read those headlines, you see what you'll see is you'll see points of pain in your community. And as you you know, so there's a way to pray for God's kingdom to come into those points of pain. So, you know, this to me is one of the most exciting parts of prayer. And, you know, so let's not miss it. Yeah. Amen. I I think maybe what a better question that I could have asked you was like, how does, like, what does this look like in our community and our churches and our families, which you alluded to? I mean, you just spoke about that, but I think it's kind of obvious, like, why do we pray it? Because mm-hmm. it's just so important. We want to see it happen. So, like, dynamically, 
with the people around us. Yeah. So to hear you kind of say how that looks, I think it's helpful for us to know like what to even pray for when we're mm-hmm. saying your kingdom come and kind of put some flesh mm-hmm. on it a little bit. So very cool. It's interesting here like in the prayer because after that, it turns to be a little more practical. And you alluded to this earlier. Uh, Jesus says, give us our this day our daily bread. And so, you know, I think this kind of refers to our needs a little bit, the, the food on our tables. Um, and I, I know for me, I don't know how you feel. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. For me, like whenever, whenever I pray for something practical, it almost just feels like unspiritual for lack of a better way of saying it, you know? It feels like, oh, I shouldn't pray for that. That's just like God's got it covered or something like that. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. pray for that. I feel weird praying for it. Or on the other side, it can be like, that's just all I'm praying for. And it, like you said earlier, it feels like me, I'm just stifled in prayer because I'm just thinking about myself. And uh, maybe there's a listener who can relate to that as well. But <laughs> I was just curious, like, what, so why did Jesus include this in the prayer? You said that, that God um, is very involved with our lives. Is that why he brings this up in the prayers, just to invite God into these very practical areas of our lives? Well, it must be because he wants to provide for us our daily bread. Hmm. And it also must mean that he wants for us to have a dependency upon him because this is a prayer for our daily bread. You know, today's provision, today's uh, providence or grace Hmm. upon our lives. And yeah, you know, it, it can feel that way, you know, like this is you know, how can, how can you shift as you're praying for the kingdom to come and God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? How can you shift from praying maybe for some kind of pocket of systemic poverty in your community right. and praying for God's kingdom, kingdom to come in that area and then shift to <laughs> just, you know, your practical yeah. needs, you know, because right. in, in my heart, at least when I see Jesus saying, give us this day, our daily bread, I'm not in my own mind thinking that, okay, that's a tight circle. Mm. You know, in other words, I can only pray for bread specifically for today. Right. I, I, I believe that, that I can bring to God all of my cares, all of my concerns. Mm. I think the rest of the old and also new Testament bear that out, that we can cast our cares upon him because mm. he cares for us. So as I'm bringing my, uh, mortgage to him or as yeah. I'm bringing, you know, my, uh, kids, you know, future, you know, and like yeah. paying for college, you know, different things like that as I'm bringing mm-hmm. that stuff to him. Yeah. You can feel a little bit like this is not really spiritual. Hmm. This is, you know, maybe is this being carnal, you know, yeah, I've just yeah. been praying for poverty and now I'm praying for, for this, you know, <laughs> this seems kind of out of balance. So it's beautiful to me of Jesus to show us that the Father wants us to pray to him about the practical affairs and needs Mm. uh, of our lives. And uh, this is great. This is very fatherly, obviously, from God, you know, to be engaged in this kind of thing. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, this probably comes, you know, a little bit more naturally to Mm. kind of, you know, because it's easy to be in tune with what various needs are in our lives and where we need God's help and where we need his provision and being unafraid to bring those things to him, I think is, 
important, you know, yeah. for us to, to lean and, and depend upon him. You know, obviously he's called us to work. Obviously we will many times be the answer to this very prayer, mm. you know, because we That's will, good. he'll open up doors for us and we'll need to, you know, use these bodies of ours to go out and work and earn mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and save and, and all of that and budget. Uh, but to not take him out of the equation is important yeah, to remember. He, he does want to provide for you. Towards the end of the prayer, Jesus encourages us to ask for forgiveness. He says, uh, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I'd love for you to help us understand this a bit. Um, maybe at first glance, it's easy to read this and think, why am I asking for forgiveness? I thought I was already forgiven by God through the blood of Jesus. And we obviously believe that, but it seems like there's some kind of element here to where we're at. We're asking for like maybe like a daily kind of forgiveness. Um, can you just explain to us what, what Jesus is getting at here? What, why are we sure. asking for forgiveness in this kind of way? Yeah, the way I said it was that we're praying for the spiritual cleansing of God. Hmm. Uh, you know, that the, yeah, you're right. The idea is not here, save us again. You know, in the sense of give us justification again. So Mm -hmm. today I've come to you, God, and I'm praying, Father, that you would save me, that the gospel would make me born again, Mm -hmm. again. You know, that's that's not the idea of this prayer. So if that's not the idea, then what are we praying when we we continually come to him and say, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Hmm. So this must... indicate the experiential practical daily experience of the father's forgiveness so we're positionally forgiven if we're covered by the blood of jesus but we're asking god for more forgiveness what does Mm -hmm. that mean well that means that even though i'm positionally forgiven before god i'm still a man of flesh i'm still a man of sin and pitfalls and shortcomings in life and there are times where i need him to cleanse me from something specific. I'll give you an example. You know, in doing what I do mm-hmm. as a leader, any leader out there understands that one of the things that you are going to battle against is fear all the time. Mm. That's going to be an obstacle that's in front of you, a temptation that you could fall prey to. Yeah. Because as yeah. you lead, you're going to have to try things, you're going to have to make decisions, you're going to have to do things that you really don't know the outcome for. As much as you might yeah. feel confident that you've prayed it through, that you've gotten good counsel, and that you're making a wise decision, you really don't have any idea yeah. of exactly how it's going to go. And in that, you can tend to fall into fear. How, how is this going to work? Is this really mm-hmm. going to be successful? Is this really going to take? Is this really going to happen? Is this really going to work? And you can have that fear. And so I come up against that all the time. You know, the decisions that we make or strategies that we promote or directions that we go Mm -hmm. in as a church. And I try my hardest to get counsel from all the pastors, from from leaders within our church and from people outside of our church, through books that I'm reading, through best practices, you Mm -hmm. know, through our boards of directors, all the different people that God has placed Mm -hmm. in my life. But at the end of the day, even with all of that, you can make a call, you can make a decision that, you know, fear can can be there. Yeah. So there will be moments, inevitably, in my life where I will succumb to that fear. Mm. And hopefully it's just a little pocket, you know, yeah. just a little like there was a meeting and I was kind of freaked out and <laughs> yeah. scared or whatever. 
And then sometimes it can become a much bigger thing yeah, where it's absolutely. just, oh man, I made the wrong decision because I made a fear-based mm. decision. So I am positionally forgiven by God right. of and for that mm-hmm. fear. You know, he's from the foundations of the earth, the blood of Jesus was shed for me, you know. So as I, be, as I place my faith in Christ, I was forgiven of everything, past, present, and future. But just practically as I'm going through life, I don't want that fear to be there. Yeah, you know, amen. I want to be cleansed from that and I want to become bolder and stronger and less easily susceptible to fear. Mm, so to me, that's, to me, that's part of what we're praying about in this kind of category forgive us our Mm. debts i think in a sense i'm praying god i was fearful in that instance forgive me of that fear cleanse it yeah and cleanse me uh, from that and wash it out of my life that's really good that helps really break that down and makes it a little bit easier to understand really good i think we're we're running a little over right now, Nate. Um, I'd love for you just to close us out with any thoughts you have about the Lord's Prayer. Anything you want to share with the listener about prayer? Anything on your heart to to share for a moment? Sure, yeah. I'll just wrap it up with the last statement. You know, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You yeah. know, this is a prayer for God to protect your life and yeah. to watch over you in a spiritual way and to, in advance, before the temptation comes, to be crying out to God. And I think that's a perfect place to wrap up this talk because mm. perhaps it can serve as a great motivation for you in prayer. You know, as you yeah, just consider, amen. like, Man, as I pray, the reality is life is going to be filled with temptations. It's going to be filled with trials. It's going to be filled with evil. It's going to be happening all around me. So apparently, as I pray, my life is going to be built up so that when those days come, Mm. the Lord will lead me out of that temptation or lead me out of that evil. The the idea here isn't that God would potentially lead us into it. It's just that this is what is going to happen in life. Hmm. This is what's going to happen in life. And so as I pray, the Lord helps me to find the ways of escape when they come into my life. So don't neglect prayer. You know, obviously I think most Christians probably feel that they wish they prayed more, Yeah, right. um, you know, and can tend to feel a sense of maybe condemnation mm. about that. Although it seems to me that that attitude even is shifting. You know, I, I think maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I, I heard a lot more of those kind of conversations. Mm. Like, oh, I wish I prayed more. I wish I prayed more. It seems now things are shifting a little bit to maybe people just being okay with not ever praying mm. or yeah. a feeling that they feel spiritual. So they feel that they must be mm. praying all the time. Yeah. Um, but just because you feel spiritual doesn't mean that you're actually engaging your father Come in on. prayer. Yeah. You know, so to really make this a part of your life, a part of your heart, you know, I know for my relationship with Christina, we have had a date night, uh, from the very beginning of our marriage. It sounds dorky. I know, but we have, so you know, and it's not a big yeah. romance time every week, but yeah. we just have this time where we're going to go grab a bite to eat. We're going to be able to talk, hang out together that's set aside each week. And it has been so helpful for our relationship to be able to have that protected time mm. to be able to engage each yeah. other in that kind of way. And, 
you want to have a relationship with God. You want to have a relationship right. with your Father in heaven. And the beautiful thing, I was making an appointment the other day with somebody. <laughs> it was this online service where a little consultation and they gave me a website link to click where I could see their schedule. And yeah, there were all yeah. these different windows, you know, so you pick a window and boom, that uh -huh. the schedule is set, you know, at that time. And, you know, the reality is with God, because he's infinite, <clears throat> because he's omnipresent, uh, he, he's available anytime. Yeah. He is available anytime. So it is his calendar's free. Mm. So will you carve out some time on your calendar? to spend with him. I think that as we do, we're greatly rewarded. Thanks for joining us today in this conversation. If you're looking for some more content from Pastor Nate, please head over to nateholdridge.com. You can find a ton of podcasts there, articles that Nate is working on, and teachings that he gives at his home church, Calvary Monterey, and online. Also, while you're online, please consider going to the iTunes store or whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast, and please leave a rating and review. That would help us out a ton. But until next time, God bless you. We'll see you soon.